right, take your Bibles, let's turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 56, and it's my favorite thing to give musicians and media guys a hard time, so if I get a chance, Matt, I, you just haven't even been in hot seat today, I love it, it's my, fun, it's my fun joy as a pastor, I only get a few, right? All right, the Christmas story we're going to talk about today, we're going to read a very powerful part of the, the scripture story today, and I'm going to come by and I'm going to ask you some questions, Okay. We're all Christians, for, for the most part. Some of you might not be a Christian here today. You're a guest with us, and you're really nervous. I hope you don't come to me. I'm going to come to you and ask you a question about Christmas, and then I'm ready for you. I'm going to give your answer to everybody who's watching via Facebook and YouTube or whichever way they're watching on social media. Are you ready? I'm coming to the, this is the back of the church. Y'all know that, right? Where's the front of the church? Back there, right? Or up there, back there. So the, Richard's sitting in the front front of the church. I preach from the back of the church. I remember I was that when I was a kid. My dad always used to say, sit up front with your mother. I missed the mother part because I sit up front. I said, we came in the front door, sat down, therefore I'm in the front of the church. That's just preacher's kids' uh, understanding of what the front of the church is. And it was the furthest away from dad. And we've been, Steve, here, my brother, we've been in service before we back there talking to our friends in the very back corner of a rectangular, formal-shaped uh, church. And we've had our dad say, Steve, Clint, Come sit with your mother. Right in the middle of a sermon. That way. And we knew what that meant. We were not too embarrassed, even though it was embarrassing. I guess for most people, we knew it was going to happen when we got home. That something that was wrath of God was going to rain down on us. Well, the Christmas story. How many times, who's heard the Christmas story as uh, the proper Christmas story of Jesus' birth? Who's heard it more than one time? Keep your hand up. I'm going to jump, okay? So who's heard it more than five times? More than ten more than 25, more than 50. Well, if you read through the Bible, you'd read, that's the same as hearing it, right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. More than 100 times, you might be surprised. You've probably heard it more than 100 times. And what we do is we, if we're not careful, we listen to traditions or what a preacher or a teacher might tell us from their traditions, and we, everybody pulls from what they know from what they've been told. A lot of times if you don't read the Bible for yourself, you won't know what the truth of Christmas is. You'll get all caught up in Santa Claus. I've saw all the stuff that everybody's talking about on Facebook, and I know parents are going, oh, please don't go there. Hey, I, I love celebrating. I love getting the presents, kids, don't y'all? Who, who loves the presents? Anybody? Me too. But our laser focus must be, as Christian parents, right back on the birth of Jesus Christ. There is no Christmas without Christ. Amen. So we got to get right focused. This is the main thing of Christmas. All the other festive stuff, the parties, the family gatherings, all the celebration of gift giving, all of that is secondary or even way back beyond Jesus Christ. If you, if you go to the church traditions today and our, and our friends at some of the Roman Catholic churches will be teaching the Immaculate Conception. Have you ever heard that? And most Baptists don't have a clue what that means. Do you know what it means? Does anybody know what it means? Raise your hand if you know what it means. It's okay if you don't. Because you got to study. The Immaculate Conception is, here's the best way I can remember it. How do you remember if somebody has like this pristine, and, and, and I didn't have a sermon illustration for it this morning until Ron uh, Ross walked in this morning and talked about his 1957 Chevrolet. And I don't know, I just envisioned it, okay, Ron? But I needed, an, uh, I needed a sermon illustration this morning, and you just happened to give it to me on the steps of the church. Was it in good shape? So when we say somebody restored a car, we say, man, that car was what? It was shiny, it was immaculate, it was like fresh from the beginning. 
Well, the Roman Catholic Church will take the word immaculate and means without sin, without blemish, without original stain. So they teach that Mary was immaculate, without sin, without stain. But the Bible teaches us since Adam and Eve, everyone that's been born of woman is what? Born into sin is a sinner. So if you've been taught that immaculate conception that Mary was without sin, and they'll even say that Mary's mother's name was Anne. That's not in the Bible either. But they'll teach, the Catholic Church will teach this morning of this season that Mary was born without sin, therefore she could give birth to a Savior without sin. Did you know as a mother, if your blood and the baby's blood mixes together, the baby or you are in trouble? Did you know that? Did you not know that? You can't mix the mother's blood and the baby's blood, except through the birthing process, it happens potentially on the outside there, but if it mixes, there's trouble for the baby, there's trouble for the mother. Because some mothers can, may have an A-positive blood type. Have you ever given birth to a baby with a different blood type? Yes. If the blood types mix, what's going to happen is there's trouble for the baby. So that's why when the Christmas story, when the, the Bible says that, and we're going to read the passage, that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon Mary, shadowed, overshadowed by the Most High, and she's going to give birth to the Holy One. There is no stain of sin coming through his lifeline, his blood. Mom's blood did not mix with baby's blood. Father's blood was Heavenly Father, right? If you will. When he generated that infant child, that one that we call our Savior, in her womb, in her virgin womb. Because Mary was confused as well. She knew how babies were made, right? She was confused, like, how can this be? All right, so the Christmas story is, we go down, we, we have, and, and by the way, let me just pause for 30 seconds here and do a quick commercial. If you worked on the, I don't know if you did maintenance, put up the Christmas lights and all the trees and the bows, they worked hours upon hours. Would you stand? I just want to re recognition Miss Eunice and uh, Mr. I know you're right there. Julian's probably out back. Derek, stand up. You were on top of that tree. I, I was just all the different people that it takes to actually do it. And it's usually our senior adults that come in and gather, and they've worked like bees, getting everything ready for who? No, for Christ. See, you thought it was about you. I'm not coming, by the way, to you to ask you Christmas story questions. I just want to make you nervous, see if you knew the answers. But we want to get into the Word of God. They got ready to celebrate Jesus this season. Now, the church is pretty, and the trees are pretty, and all the things, the decorations are pretty. The Merry Christmas out front, our, some of our students from our academy did that with some of the Akuna Matata choir. They've traveled on. They're in Georgia now. So each person is taken apart to not just say Merry Christmas. Who's Merry Christmas for? When I say Merry Christmas, what am I saying? I'm talking about Jesus, right? I'm, it's, hey, happy birthday, Jesus, right? We celebrate you year-round, but especially this time of year. We want to tell others about, hey, listen, I want to tell you about... Jesus. Christmas lights is his birth. That's right. We celebrate his birth. The lights, the gifts, everything was, is, will be for his birth for him. He was the greatest gift because the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not what? Perish but have everlasting life. And can I tell you something as we read this passage of scripture today? Every time you see a righteous person, say righteous person, you're going to ask yourself if you're that righteous person this morning. Every time you see a righteous person in Scripture, 
They always get, they beat a path quickly to their Savior, to the God who's coming. They prophesy about Him. It's always about Him. And they always are talking in the eternal. Now, the here and now, yes, but the hereafter. Every time you see, you're going to see Mary, she, eternity is on her mind. Every time you hear Jesus speak, eternity is on his mind. Every time you hear Moses in the Old Testament speak, here and now, but eternity was on his mind. King David prophesied, eternity was on his mind. Why? Because God has made us to live how long? More than 100. He's made us to live forever. Adam and Eve were made perfect. There was no intention of their death. But because they ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they sinned against God. God said, your days are numbered. The day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, they didn't die right away. They died spiritually, but eventually they died physically. And then the Bible comes back and says, the years of a man shall be 120 years. And then the psalmist finally comes back and says, 70, 80 if you're strong. And we know that's not a timetable, but that's a general expectation. So let's look into our word today, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 56. And I want you to look at it with eternity in mind. So think about what's happening here and thinking about the eternal consequences of what we're going to preach and teach this morning because this is some good stuff. And today's topic, uh, sermon title is not wrong. It's, that's exactly what it is. Holy, his name. You can say, well, holy is his name. And that's what it will say in the Bible. But the italicized is is not in the original. It just says, holy, his name. What's his name? His name is? His name is Jesus. His name is Emmanuel, spelt with an I or an E. Amen? But there was no immaculate conception. Mary was not sinless. Mary was a sinner, overcome, overpowered by, if you will, the Holy Spirit, sinless, so that a sinless son might be born. So there is no immaculate conception. Even though she was a virgin and Jesus was a supernatural, unsinful, never sinned human who was God. Does that blow your mind? You say, I don't fully understand that. Well, if you don't understand, that makes two of us. Amen? Why? Why would he do it? How did he do it? The answer is, I don't know because I'm not God. But by faith, I trust his word, and I trust what he did for you and for me. Let's read together Luke chapter 1, beginning of verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a, city, uh, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed, or she was engaged, deeply engaged, which means they were just the same as married for us today, uh, before marriage. This was a, a, a high-level engagement, if you will put it that way. To a man whose name was Joseph. And of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Exclamation point quotes. Right? I should have shouted that whenever I said that, but I, I don't have the wind this morning to shout that. Verse 29. But when she saw him, oh, wait a minute. Can a human see an angel? If God allows the angel, and the angel can only do what God tells them to do because he's a messenger of God. Amen? So if people writing books about seeing angels and seeing all kind of winged creatures, it's probably not from God. Understand? Everybody, every angel that we have referenced in the Bible is a masculine tense. That there's an angel who appears, Gabriel, Michael, right? The archangels. Lucifer, even Satan himself 
has a masculine tense. Even Harold. Just kidding. Harold. It's a Christmas song. For shorty night, I should not have even said that. But when she, when she saw him, there is no Harold, children. There's no Harold. It's H-E-R-A-L-D. She was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, do not be afraid. What does that imply to us, church? She was afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name. She didn't have to think about what to call him. Wait a minute, this is the second birth of, a, of a relatives that they didn't name the boy after the earthly father. Right? We learned last week. Zacharias' son's name was what? John. And they said, no one in your family's name John. But Gabriel said his name will be John. Gabriel said this son's name will be Jesus. And we'll later read that because he will save his people from their sins. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. That's the earthly throne. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. How long? Forever. Get that in your mind. Eternity in your mind. And of his kingdom there will be no end. When will his kingdom end, church? Never, as kids say it, never, ever, 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 ever. And forever. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. And then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? She's saying, I don't understand how children are made, but I haven't been through that process. Verse 35, and the angel answered her and said to her, the Holy Spirit. Mark this. This is deeper than I had time to even preach today. When I read it again this morning, I'm like, 35 needs to be a sermon series all by itself. Verse 35, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. This is Mark, this in your Bible if you don't have it marked. For with God, nothing will be impossible. What is impossible for God? There is nothing impossible for God. And then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste. Don't you like that the Bible adds that? She took off. She was gone. To a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe, who is, what's his name? John, we call him John the Baptist. He leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. By what, what, but why is this granted to me? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped my jo in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her from the Lord. Now we're going to transition and look at Mary just for a moment. Mary's going to give this poetry, or she's going to give this word, or, or this song. She's going to sing it out. And Mary said... And your Bible might say the, the poem of Mary or the song of Mary or the words of Mary. Verse 46, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God. What did your Bible say? My Savior. She's talking about who she's carrying in her womb. She's talking about her Savior knowing that her Savior is right here. Now, ladies, is she carrying high or low? 
Boys are high usually and girls are low. Isn't that what you always heard? Is that right? Is that right, Wendy? Wendy knows all the old proverbs in Chinese. She does everything. All the, she borderlines on voodoo when it comes to a pregnant woman. If y'all want to see her, uh, if you want to know what you're having, go see Wendy before you see your doctor. She'll be throwing salt, swinging needles over your stomach, taking dandelions under your wrist, a little bit of everything. So I've been there, done that. <laughs> Back to the word of God. Verse 48, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations. Hey, listen to this. Mary was thinking about you. Isn't that crazy? She was celebrating the Savior, worshiping God, and thinking about you. Now, she didn't know you. She, 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 she didn't know everything about you. But she, watch who? The generations. Which generations are there? Watch this. For behold, henceforth all generations will... Will, be, will call me blessed. You say, well, that's about her. No, it's not. Watch, keep watching. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy his name. And I told you that is, there is not in the original. And his mercy on those who fear him. How long? From generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has pulled down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. Because we know that all good things come from the Father above. Amen? And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Mark mercy in your Bible. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed. And there's that last word she will end it with is what? Forever. She had eternity on her mind. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. She remained until Elizabeth gave birth because we know Elizabeth was six months pregnant. Mary stays three months and a woman gives birth in nine months. But the problem with that is when Mary goes back to the town, she left a virgin young lady to go visit her cousin or her family member, Elizabeth. She comes back with a little bump. She looked like a little Baptist preacher when she came back, right? She was just showing, and what is everybody going to say? Wait a minute. Joseph. Dude. Right? There was thought there was some foul play going on at Mary's house, or at Mary or Elizabeth's house. And Joseph himself, he loved her so much, he, the Bible tells us in Matthew, he had made it up in his mind to put her away privately. He didn't want her to be stoned to death because the, the judgment for, they stole in the Old Testament, the judgment for doing wrong in this way, and I know we have children in the room, the wrong for doing this way was to be stoned to death publicly. So he had in his mind to put her away, not just her, but he also. So he was going to put her away quietly. Just he loved her that much. And that's when the angel of the Lord, of course, speaks to him. Now let's go to your notes. I want you to see this. And the notes are kind of choppy today. In our culture today, Mary's looked upon two extremes. Would you agree? Either, either she's exalted, exalted highly and Jesus takes second place, or she is dismissed and not esteemed as she ought to be. Catholics, they say they don't worship. You'll hear priests and you'll hear other teachers, we don't worship Mary or the saints. Yes, they do. Worship is giving worth to something. Roger saw back in 1979 through this, I had to bring up the Cowboys, he threw this impossible pass and just threw it up and it was deemed by the press as called what? Hail Mary. Anybody ever see Roger Stallback or Danny White? Awesome cowboy quarterbacks. And today when a quarterback, now you've heard it on ESPN, if you watch any kind of football, 
what is it called whenever you just at the 50-yard line or somewhere and you just throw it and you're desperate times clicking up? It's called a Hail Mary. Well, a Hail Mary is actually a Catholic prayer. And what they were saying is, you're just throwing up a prayer. A Roman Catholic prayer, not a, not a, not a Christian prayer. Because watch this. I want, I'm going to read the Hail Mary prayer to you this morning. And, it, and for some reason, Roman Catholic friends believe, and it's taught to them this, that if they continue to recite this, this happens. This is the prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace. Was that true? From the text, we can say, hey, wait a minute, that's true. That line's right up with Scripture. The Lord is with thee. Does that line up with Scripture? Yes. Blessed art thou among women. Can you find that in Scripture? Yes, it's right there. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Is that true? Transition. Holy Mary. There is one holy who is holy, and who is he? God Almighty, right? Jesus. Mary is not holy. You say, well, does that mess up the whole prayer? If you get God wrong in your life, you got everything wrong. Amen? You get God wrong, you got eternity wrong. So when you actually say, listen, you say, well, that, she, they're saying, well, aren't you holy when you become a Christian? That part of you is, it's the Holy Spirit. Holy Mary, and then the next trans word is Mother of God. Now, Elizabeth said, how is it the Mother of my Lord comes to me? She was saying, the earthly Messiah, you're giving birth to the earthly Messiah, who is, who is our Lord, how is it you're coming to my house? She recognized Mary as the carrier of the Messiah. Do you understand? But Mary is not the mother of God. God has no beginning and God has no end. God has no mother, according to the scripture. He's the ancient of days. Holy Mary is wrong. Mother of God is wrong. Pray for us sinners now. Can Mary pray for you in heaven? Can Mary even hear you in heaven? She cannot, but this is taught to our Catholic friends. There is no one that can pray for you. The Bible says that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes for you and me, right? He's there saying this, and the Holy Spirit interprets what we are wanting to say. Even when we can't even say the words, the Holy Spirit takes, this is what Clint Smith, that hardhead's trying to say. The Lord's advocating for you and for me at the right hand of the Father. There is no saint standing by. There is no, and St. Thomas, if you, you have all these patron saints that you can buy their knickknacks from the Catholic Church. Did you know that? It's called the Catholic Shop. Have you ever been, been to one? Uh, there in Spartanburg, we, right at the base of our church was the Catholic Shop. Every, every saint idol that you want to buy is there. Holy water. Some of y'all sing that song like holy water coming down to me. Is there anything such as holy water? It doesn't exist. When you sing that song, you're singing something that's not in Scripture. There is no holy water. A priest cannot say a few Latin words over a bottle of water and make it holy. Did y'all know this? what happens? If you die a Catholic and the priest doesn't bring the water, the funeral directors here, they can keep water in their glove box in case the priest needs to make and sprinkle the, the casket. Because I get asked when I do a funeral, do you need water? I'm like, yeah, I'm thirsty. They're like, no, to bless it and to, to sprinkle. It's like, we don't do that. That's not, that's not anybody there. It's done. When you're in, listen, when your body, when your old uh, ticker quits ticking, right, it's over. You've made decisions up to that point. Either you are going to heaven or you're forever. Remember, because eternity is in mind with God. You're forever in heaven with him, because we're in the new heaven, new earth, or you're forever in hell. 
You say, well, I don't like that. That's what Christmas is all about. It is good news for you and for me if we receive it. If you don't receive the good news of Christmas, it's awful news for you. It is judgment day for you. Let's continue. And lastly, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Can Mary pray for you? Bottom line. No. She, uh, I mean, y'all didn't know that. Mary cannot pray for you. Do not pray to Mary. Don't pray to St. Thomas. Don't pray to a pope. Don't go in a box and confess your sins. You confess your sins. The Bible says we have a high priest now. He has entered into the Holy of Holies once and for all. He's never going to change his position. He's never going to give it up to a man or a woman or to an idol. God is God and he's on his throne forevermore. Amen? That's what the Word of God teaches you. That's what the Word of God teaches me. If that offends you, good. Check your Bible and quit checking tradition. The Word of God speaks for itself. God speaks on his own. He needs no man to speak for him. And you can learn it because you need no teacher. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will teach you. Amen? This is what the Word of God says. Well, I want you to see this continued. He, as we see in today's passage, Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, exclaimed loudly, Blessed, worthy to be praised are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? God, Gabriel instructed Mary and announced the birth of Christ. He just said it's going to happen. Can I tell you, you ever planted a garden? We have a, we have a garden. We call it the Victory Garden. We t- teach the kids about the war and uh, when people have to, when times get tough, and we plant a garden at the school. We call it the Victory Garden. Can I ask you a question? Do gardens just happen? You have to do what? First thing, well, before that, you got to do something. What do you got to do? Before you plant it, you got to clear it out. It's hard work. Nobody wants to plow and get the weeds out of the garden, do they? Everybody says, wow, look at that beautiful garden the kids planted. I'm like, them suckers did about that much work. <laughs> right? I give them credit. I lie on Facebook and say the kids did a great job in the garden. But I've been out there with my shoes off picking weeds, hoeing running that tractor back. But Mitchell Derrick probably has the most time in the garden besides anybody. High schoolers have run a couple times with the tillers. But it's a lot of after-hour work getting that garden ready. And then after we get it ready, what do we have to do? Then we plant the seed. Do you get tomatoes right away? You got to wait. And then what happens? You got to not just plant the seed. You have to do what? Water the seed. Guess who hates water in the garden? The student body who, who gets credit for planting the garden. So I made it fun when we run the hose so far and they have to carry it. And then they end up throwing water on each other. And that's what makes it fun. Get out in the garden and throw it on each other. And they, by throwing it on each other, they throw it on the garden. But that's not it. You have to fertilize it. And then you have to wait. And then you see it come to fruition. And even then, sometimes bugs want to eat it or worms want to eat it. And you've got to intervene there and try to get away those insects away from the garden or away from the plants. And then you have to pick the garden. We grow beans, and I refuse to pick beans. There were beans that stayed on the ground. John shelled a lot of them, but I refuse to pick them. I'll pick tomatoes, cucumber, squash, but I will not pick beans. It's trauma from when I was a kid of picking beans. I'll grow them all day, but I won't pick them. And we offer it to church members. And a lot of folks come up and took, took some of the garden and took it with said, This is great. We like free food, right? And I'm glad you do. It's somebody who can actually enjoy it. Well, here, Mary, listen, Mary, Gabriel said, you're going to have a son. You're going to give birth to the Christ child. Can you imagine how overwhelming that would be to hear that news? And her first question is, how? 
She's a young lady. How's this going to happen? I haven't been with a man. How's this going to happen? I'm not even married. And then Gabriel gives her specific instructions. Gabriel, look at your notes. Gabriel told Mary, you got several fill-ins here because I want you to see this. Gabriel told Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a cloud. For that reason, the holy, pure, sinless child shall be called the Son of God. But he was also called the Son of Man later on. You'll see this. Jesus, how this happens, I don't know, and I can't explain it to you. Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. You say, well, that's 200%. Well, you do the math with God when you get to heaven, okay? I want you to see this is the beautiful thing. This is where we are in our lives today. We know the truth. We know the truth of Christmas. We know that he is God with us. We know that he came to save sinners from their sins, our sins. We know that he's the only way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except by him. We know that he was raised, he came through all the years of his life so that he might die a ransom for you and for me, pay the price on the cross that he died for you. He really did die. He really was buried in a borrowed tomb, and he really did rise again the third day according to the scriptures that you might be saved. That's the only way to be saved from your sins is to receive by faith the grace that's given to you and to me. There is only but one way to get to heaven. Jesus himself said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one's coming to the Father except through me. There is no access to God except through the doorway of Jesus Christ. He's the gatekeeper. He's the good shepherd. He's the ancient of days. He's the most holy. There is but one way, and it's through his name. His name is Jesus Christ. Mary did what you and I have to do. And this is where we, especially as Americans, we're hard-headed as Americans. Mary submitted to the Lord by faith, trusted the word of Gabriel. She trusted him by faith. She submitted to God. She didn't say, okay, God, I'll take a little bit of that. Have you ever jumped in the deep end of a swimming pool? Back in the day, we used to have the diving boards. It was 13 feet deep, 10 feet deep. Anybody ever done that? Just like step and didn't just step off the board? Can you ever just get a little bit in the water when you jump off the diving board? What happens to you when you jump off the diving board? You're all in. All of you is in. And this is the way it is with faith. Mary submitted her whole life, her present and her future, to the Lord Jesus Christ. She submitted. She bowed down. So be it as you're saying. If God said it, it's done. I don't know how it's going to be done, but it's done. And you say, Mary... Really, do you really believe it? Nothing shall be impossible with God, is what she would tell you. But why would she say that? Gabriel told her this very thing about her family member, Elizabeth. Nothing shall be impossible with God. So when you ask Mary, how can this be? I don't know. He did it, right? Well, Mary, are you sure there's not something else to it? I'm telling you. On my word, as a righteous young lady, there's nothing to it except this happened. Just as he said, most scholars believe that Mary, that Luke sat down with Mary, Dr. Luke, and had an encounter with her, and she explained the things that happened to her. That's why he can give us such detail. Because remember, doctors obviously should be a detailed human, right? And he gives a detailed account of what happened from the birth through the death of Jesus Christ. He even says so in chapter 1 when it begins. I want to give you a detailed explanation and most scholars believe that Mary spent time with him and told him what Gabriel said told him what the Holy Spirit did and she said I can attest to that that 
this is true. Mary submitted to the Lord and by faith trusted the word of Gabriel. You and I must walk that same way. Submit to the Lord Jesus Christ and by faith trust him. Mary, by divine guidance, traveled quickly to Zacharias and Elizabeth's house. There she was also inspired by Elizabeth with words of affirmation. There's nothing quite like a move of God and, and I can't imagine an angel telling me something. Can you? You visually see the angel. You hear the angel. You fall down like dead. Get back up. Don't have fear. I'm with you. You're blessed. God's doing a powerful work in your life. Now get up and go. And she got up and got, right? She got up and went. I know that's the proper terminology, but she got up and got. That sounds better. And she went to Elizabeth's house because something miraculous had happened there as well. How would she have known to go to Elizabeth's house? The angel said, there's something happening over at Elizabeth's house. You've got to go see this. That woman's in her 80s, and she's full pregnant. What? Right? And when she gets there, Elizabeth responds and affirms Mary. Mary goes to, to bless her, and in turn, she receives the blessing from Elizabeth. Elizabeth has a natural son. Yes, a miracle son in her womb, but it was from her husband and her. Mary is arriving with the gift of God in her womb. The miraculous Son of God, the miraculous, the miraculous one. Elizabeth looked at your notes. Elizabeth surprised Mary and acknowledged her as the mother of my Lord. That's earthly Mary, earthly Jesus, okay, the 100% man. She did give, by all means, a natural birth, if you will. Everything after the supernatural act by the Holy Spirit was natural. She had to give birth like mothers do today. Some people say, well, she had no pain in birth. Oh, yes, she did. Why does she have pain in birth? Put that thing in reverse and let's go way back to Genesis, right? What did the one in her womb say would happen to Eve and all her fellow ladies? You will experience pain in childbirth. Can any mother say amen to that this morning? But the Bible says you won't remember the pain. Is that you, can, so you can talk about it, right? Because you remember it was bad, but you can't experience that pain, that same pain again. But there's pain in childbirth. So Mary gave a full natural birth to Jesus Christ. Hence why they were going for the, if you would, the counting of the house of David. Mary gave all praise and honor to the Lord. Listen, if you mark any parts of my notes that I ever put down, whether I misspell or have something out of order, look, mark this one. Mary gave all praise and honor to the Lord. Mary was very clear the birth of our Savior was about him, not about you and me. Can I get an amen? amen? This time of year, if you go somewhere, come on, ring those bells around the Christmas tree. Let the bells get off tune and watch what the musicians do. <laughs> Lose their mind because they think the season is about them. Let a preacher misspeak or, or be embarrassed that the slide's not working or something's not happening. What's going to happen? Can I just tell you this morning, it's not about you? Get a big old bucket full and get over yourself, amen? Amen? My, but my, but my, but my. Try to put but his, but his, but his in there. You know, Mary said at least seven or eight times here, what he has done, what he has done, what he has done, what he has done. What was Mary doing when she says, listen, I, my soul magnifies the Lord because I want to tell you what he has done. What if Mary said, look, yeah, I'm blessed among women. Kiss the ring. Right? 
She, listen, if she was like you and most people, she would be arrogant walk around and say, call me blessed. And when I die, you better say some words of prayers to me. To my, to my, listen, my lineage. The Catholic Church will also teach you, listen, the perpetual virginity of Mary, that she was always a virgin. The Bible tells us even the names of Jesus' brothers. And he had sisters that aren't named. And the Catholic Church will say, well, no, that's just close relatives. It means brother, uncle type. Cousins. The Bible says it was the very brothers of Jesus and the sisters of Jesus. They thought he had lost his mind later in his ministry when he's talking about eat my flesh and drink my blood. They're like, hey, Jesus, come on. Let's go have a conversation because what you're saying is it, it doesn't resonate with us humans. Get into the word. Watch this and see what the word says. Jesus had other brothers and sisters. After he was born, he was the firstborn born of Mary. Well, Mary gave all praise and honor to the Lord. She knew the one she was carrying in her womb was her Savior. She knew that if there was a celebration going to happen, it wasn't going to celebrate Mary. It was going to celebrate Jesus. Should I say that again? She knew, like we should know, that there was not a celebration of Mary, but there was a celebration of Jesus. Amen? Today, we think it's about us, church. I'm telling you. I didn't get the gift I wanted for Christmas. What if God just threw lightning bolts every time you had something to say outside His will at Christmas? Would any of us be here this Sunday? Uh, this Sunday? Gripe and complain one more time. <laughs> right? He would just kill us all because... We gripe and we mope and we murmur about every little thing that doesn't go our way. We, we blame everybody else. Well, I was born in this family. I was born in the wrong culture. I was born here. I, they did this to me. Things happen. People are evil and they will sin against you and cause you the most harm they possibly can. Did you know that? Every single human on the planet is willing and able to do the things that Hitler or you name anybody in history who's done the most awful things, you, my friend, are capable of the very same things, if not worse. But so am I, except for the grace of God. How shall we live then knowing that Jesus was born to save sinners, that Jesus died on the cross to save sinners, and that we can receive him as our personal Lord and Savior? How then shall the Christmas story change you and me? How then shall I speak? How then shall I act? I should put others first. Mary, you'll see, had joy. Did she have hardships? Well, we know she did because when she carries baby Jesus to be named on the eighth day, to be circumcised on the eighth day, there's a prophecy over her and of her that her heart is going to be broken to the very core because she would witness her own son being crucified on the cross. She was told he's to be born that he should die. How, how awesome would that be to hear as a mother? Congratulations, you're pregnant. Your son's going to be crucified for the whole world. Nobody thinks through that because we think Christmas is about me and the pageantry and the bells and the whistles and the gifts. We've got to get, as people of God, off our high horses and get down back on the ground and walk with the common people, tell the common people about Jesus Christ and live out this life that we say is true. You know why the churches are, it seems like the churches are failing. And by the way, the church, the church of God is not failing. I am part of the church of God. Will I sin? Yes. There's room for forgiveness for every sin. Did you know that? Every sin. 
There's, if you would simply ask, if you confess your sins, listen, he's faithful just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. He'll restore you. He'll cleanse you, the Bible says. But you've got to ask, how should we live this Christmas season? Like Christ followers, like we understand it's all about Jesus. He did this. He saved you. He gave you a measure of faith. He gave you a place to serve. He gave you the voice that you have. He gave you the talent that you have. It is he who has done all good things, not you. Some of you hear this message this morning and say, well, you're so arrogant. You think, you don't know me. I pray this season, especially people that are listening by Facebook, YouTube, any of us in this room, if we have a special, unique gift from God, if we have a special talent, I pray this Christmas season, if we're so arrogant that we think it's about us, that he would take it away. Can you say amen to that? That's scary, isn't it? Well, I don't say amen because I'm the one. I pray God takes it away. If he has a job that interferes with the Christmas table, listen, constantly always having to work that overtime because you want that extra, I pray he takes the job away. I pray he takes, strips you from everything, and me as well. I'm including me in this we. Of everything that might be prideful, everything that might be self-motivated, if it's not about Jesus, I pray he takes it away, strips us down, that we might focus solely on Jesus Christ. Mary recognized this wonderful thing God had done for her. She gave great attention to his holiness. She said he was holy. It was the mercies of God, the great God. She, she went back, and, and you'll see it in just a moment in your notes. Mary looked into the future and proclaimed, God's mercy on those who feared him from generation to generation. And I put in your notes, this includes us, our generation. Isn't that wonderful? Okay, three people think this is wonderful. Okay, thank you. Whoever said amen over here. Take your Bible and turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Don't put it up on the screen. Take it off the screen. Getting lazy. I'm, I'm going to start taking all the scripture off the screen. Ephesians chapter 2. Mark this in your Bible, verses 4 through 10. Paul writes this. When you're there, say amen. I love how he starts. You can't, you could preach the first two words. But God. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. This is past tense. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made alive together with Christ, by the grace you have been saved, and raised up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And I put a big wow exclamation point in my Bible in red letters. Verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. How are we saved? It is by the faith. Listen, God gives us a measure of faith to trust him and believe him. How do we stay in that believing? It is by his mercy and his grace that he walks with us day by day. He's right there with you. He's right there with me. How do we do the works that he's called us to do? Not in our own flesh, not in our own power, but in the power of the spirit that he gives. But if you give a gift, can you take it away? Anybody ever given your teenagers a car and said, look, do it again? I'm putting the keys. I'm selling that thing. 
At our house, here was the rule in high school. You get one ticket or one accident. I'm taking your license from you and turning it into DMV and I'm selling your car. One ticket, one accident. No excuses. I was an insurance underwriter for going into ministry. 98% of all accidents are avoidable. Did you know that? 98%. There's 2% that really aren't. You said, I've been in an accident. Go ahead and tell me about it. What's that said? Talk about it. I guarantee there was five scenarios you could have done had you had the proper training. I told my kids, listen, if you're at a traffic light, someone's barreling through and you see they're not going to stop, but you have the green light. I'd rather someone wrong you and you live than you to be right and dead. It's your decision. And prideful people, prideful people that we are, is like, I have my rights. I want to be first. It's my, I'm in front of the line. As a matter of fact, we all even want to. How many times are we looking at the cut line? You ever done that? Especially here at Christmas. Anybody looking at the cut lines? I go to Sam's. I'm like, mm-hmm, she ain't paying attention. That's too open. I'm going to cut two lanes over because she ain't paying attention. I got somewhere to be. She must be retired. I got to get somewhere, right? Or she must be being paid by the hours if she's working for her work. I got to go somewhere. You ever, anybody ever, why are y'all looking at me like that? <laughs> Has anyone else ever done that? Cut, try to cut line. Six flags, any other place, you're like, they ain't paying attention. And they just opened the gate and they didn't see where they opened the gate. I'll take the next customer. That's me. Right? We all want to be first. Me first. Me, myself, and I. And it should be the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's who God's our firstness, if you will. And sometimes, listen, church, he's going to put you in the front of the line. Not so you can be served, so that you can lead. And lead like Christ. We dads, I know I'm hard on dads a lot of times, we have a responsibility to our wives and to our children. If we don't have children yet, or married yet, young men, God has, listen, you've been born for a reason. He's given you a purpose to be young men. Be proud, uh, be prideful, if you will, pr- properly, that God made you a man. Ladies, be prideful, be happy that God made you a lady. He's given us a mission in life. We have a purpose to, be, to fulfill. Each one has its own place. Each one of us has our own place. Lastly, let's look at this. Mary looked to the saints of the past and recalled God's divine faithfulness to them. Mary looked forward first. She said, listen, to all generations, generations of generations. And then she looks back and she says, to all the fathers before us and to Abraham the promise. Did Mary know Abraham personally? Any photos of him in her photo book? She didn't. The only thing she was taught was by faith, Abraham followed God. It was by faith. How shall we follow God today? It is simply by faith. Mary closed her song, her prayer, her poem, whatever you want to call it, with joy and eternity on her mind. With joy and eternity on her mind. Hey, my brothers and sisters, this morning, do you have joy in your life? If you don't have joy, something's wrong. Because joy, I told you before, stands for Jesus, others than yourself. He wants you to live with the peace that passes understanding. He didn't just give you peace. He is the Prince of Peace who lives within you. So when you have an issue, if you're not having peace this morning, you might need some, another P word, you need some prayer. You might need to run to the Father and say, I am not experiencing peace in my life. And what he's going to do is going to put his finger on some issues. You know, we don't have peace in your life because you're doing that thing. You're looking at that thing. You're meddling with that thing. And he will put his finger on your sin, and you have to deal with your sin. You say, well, mine's not a sin, mine's a relationship. You knew what you was getting into before you got married, didn't you? If he's Mr. Playboy in high school, guess what he's going to be when he gets married? If he was Mr. 
scaredy cat in high school, guess what he's going to be? That's a scaredy cat when you get married. Why did you wish you would stand up for me? That's who you married because you wanted to be the boss. You had a self-fulfilling prophecy. Did you not? But you can change these things. Listen, nothing is impossible with God. Pray for your husband that he would be the man of God you want him to be. Husbands, pray for your wives. I prayed for Wendy the other night. Wendy and I, as we got older, started to snore. And it used to drive me crazy. She said, well, you were snoring too. Wendy went as far as to get a CPAC machine to stop snoring for me. Isn't that grace? <laughs> and she used it for a short period of time. And the other morning, she woke me up snoring. You know what I did? Instead of getting mad, and she likes to, she'll bump the bed really hard to wake me up. So that I'm like, Ooh, what? and then she goes right back to sleep. I'm up. I'm telling you something personal that she was just happily snoring away. And what I did, I've learned, reach over, touch her, and pray a prayer of blessing over Because last year I almost lost her, right? You see what I'm saying? We're not grateful for what we have until it's gone. So today in church, this Christmas season, you might be going through a tough, tough, tough time, but you're still here. Pray like crazy. Some of us won't get anybody else to pray because we don't want nobody to know our business. It's all private for us. That's what we're here for as a church. The Bible says to bear one another's burdens. If it's heavy for you, let me lift it. And not me as pastor. I might be one person, but you've got to get multiple people. When they were putting that scaffolding up, Al Cubbage and well, Matt Jones and Mr. Derek was in here and Mitchell and Greg, they were putting that scaffolding up. Those pews were missing yesterday morning. And those things are heavy. They put a bulb in up there so that the praise team might have the words back there. And then they put the scaffolding up here and then found out we had the wrong bulbs. They did all the heavy lifting for you so that you might worship him today. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Let's pray together. Father God, we all have our responsibility and our roles. And this Christmas season, Lord, I pray this would be a turning point in our life, that we would turn from sin and self and all the stuff that me, me, me wants, to, Lord, to the stuff that would bring joy and, Lord, would bring honor to your name. Help us, Lord, because we're people and we've been given so much. And Father, we take it for granted. Help us to be people who share the love of Christ with those around us. And we can't share until we get rid of our stuff. And Lord, help us to get re resolution, Lord, in our relationships, in our finances, Lord, in our business, in our work, whatever you call us to do. Lord, let us bring about resolve that we will trust you because you're faithful and there's nothing impossible with you. Let us be truly the church of God who bears the burden of one another under the banner of Jesus Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.